We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is December 1st, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. I am joined by my co-host tonight for the evening, producer Kevin Tucker. Kevin, what's going on, buddy? Did you say December? Is it that time of year already? I feel it's so weird. I feel like whenever we change the calendar to a new year, it takes me a long time to get used to like what year it is. And then finally, by the time I get used to it, it's time for another year. Like I'm just now realizing, all right, we're in 2022. Like it makes sense. I understand it. And then we're a month away from 2023. My brain can't keep up, man. It definitely feels like the older that you get, the faster the years start to move. Facts. And especially you being you know, over 30 now, the yes. years are really moving quickly, aren't they? But let's just be very clear. If I'm not mistaken, 2023 is the year that you turn 30. That is correct. But for there now, it I'm is. still in my 20s. That's right. Still Enjoy it. Soak young it and up. thriving. Definitely. <laughs> As I deal with my terrible back issues and, and yeah. heartburn like every time I eat anything and yeah you know it, it is what it is but um yeah no Luke Sylvia tonight we talked last uh, episode that he was dealing with the gallbladder issues messed up his whole Thanksgiving situation for sure Luke got the gallbladder out so he's on the mend so uh hopefully we'll we'll get to hear from Luke uh, on the next episode but we're back with producer Kevin Tucker always good to talk to Kevin. Yeah, I think the medical staff uh, declared him for questionable for Monday's Monday's uh, episode. We'll see. Like 50-50, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Very funny joke, Kevin. Um not <laughs> not that funny, but that's okay. Wanted to let you guys know, obviously a couple of weeks ago we had an awesome watch party in Orlando at Ollie's where we got to watch Jalen Suggs hit the game winner over the Chicago Bulls. So we're 2 for 2 with watch parties to start the season. Our next watch party is coming up on December the 16th. It's a Friday. The Magic are taking on the Boston Celtics. We'll be at Cavo's Bar and Kitchen, downtown Orlando. That's 900 East Washington Street. Again, that's going to be at 7 o'clock. So make sure that you guys make plans now. You don't want to miss it. Both of the last two watch parties have been so much fun. So we look forward to seeing you guys there. 
We do have a couple of games that we're going to break down. The two most recent losses, one to the Brooklyn Nets and the other uh, we're recording Wednesday night here. Uh, they lost tonight to the Atlanta Hawks. And then a little bit later in the es- in the episode, uh, we have a returning guest, Jay, from Magic Player History. He recently had like the Magic fan experience of a lifetime. He's lived his entire life in Australia. Finally got to come to Orlando to witness his first ever Orlando Magic game after being a, a fan of the team for, I think, close to 30 years. So make sure that you listen all the way to the end of the episode so that you can hear my conversation with Jay. That was a lot of fun. Let's get to the not-so-fun uh, stuff here, Kevin. Let's get to the state of the Magic on the week so far. The Magic have gone 0-2, bringing them to a record of 5-17. and They're 14th place in the Eastern Conference. They have the second-worst record in the NBA. The Magic currently have an offensive rating of 109.3, which ranks 22nd in the league. They have a defensive rating of 115.4, which ranks 28th in the league. Over the last two games, the Magic have fallen from 24th in the league in defensive rating to 28th. Their overall net rating is negative 6.1, which is 27th in the league. On the injury front, Jonathan Isaac remains out. Uh, Mo Bamba with the back spasms. He's missed the last couple of games. Chuma Okiki has missed the last... Chuma Okeke. I caught myself. Chuma Okeke has missed the last couple of games with knee soreness. Wendell Carter Jr. has missed the last few games with the uh, strained plantar fascia that he's been dealing with. And then Jalen Suggs has missed the last couple of games with with ankle soreness, not knee soreness. Some good news tonight, Kevin, which we will talk about this. Markel Fultz made his season debut on Wednesday night against the Hawks after missing the first 21 games of the season with a broken big toe. Cole Anthony returned to the lineup on Wednesday as well after missing the past 15 games with a torn oblique. Terrence Ross made his return to the lineup after missing, I believe, the last game and a half. Uh, He's been kind of off and on with this illness that he's been battling for about the last week, but he returned to the lineup. However, we did miss Gary Harris in the second half of Wednesday night's game. Uh, He was ruled out at halftime due to right hamstring tightness after the game. Jamal Mosley said he, quote unquote, tweaked the hamstring. So it's the hamstring, uh, it's the opposite leg. It's not the the hamstring of the the knee that he just had repaired. So um, I'm guessing Gary Harris is, is going to miss uh, some time potentially. Don't know how long, uh, but we'll just kind of wait and see. We don't have any you know further updates at this point. Yeah, it was uh, interesting when you look at that list. How it's like an like an accordion. If you know an accordion, like how it shrinks and then it gets bigger and then it shrinks. You know as a, ebbs and flows or like my weight that's that's what my weight does it kind of i lose some weight i gain some weight i lose some weight i gain some weight whatever analogy you want there's a lot of other ones out there you can use for that but um yeah hey yo kev come on just i said what i said here but come on man i said what i said okay i'm just saying (laughs) it's uh it's unfortunate like even even david and jeff were joking about it you know one you know we get guys back obviously you know what that means someone else is going to go down and tonight it was gary so Hopefully nothing too major, and we'll get him back, you know, this weekend for the back-to-back. But, yeah, good to have some of those other guys back, though. At some point, man, like, I just – I don't understand it. Like, it, it just seems like the worst luck in the world. But at what point does bad luck just become, like, something other than luck? You know, I'm not trying to, like, put blame on the medical staff, the training staff, whatever. I don't know if it's, like, just overly aggressive injury management because, you know, maybe the team has a – agenda of what they want to do in, in this year's you know upcoming draft but like at some point it has to stop and we've been saying that now for two years and it never ever ever 
stops. It is without failure. You get someone back, you almost immediately lose someone else. Yeah, I I wish I had an answer for you, Jonathan, but I just don't. Like, I I am never, ever one to think it's the medical staff. Like, I just don't believe, like, them or the training staff. I just don't believe that's a thing. Like, why would, anyway, I'm not going to entertain that idea. Uh, especially because we've had multiple staffs over the course of the last several yeah. years. You know, so anyway, it's not that. Uh, it's a lot of We just you know, got a bad, bad batch right now. We got a bad batch of players. They're just ba- all... <laughs> hurting in perpetuity that's part of it i also think genuinely you know the the injury management that you talked about i think could be part of it i think especially a game like tonight like let's let's say this was game seven of the nba finals you know i bet you this is one of those things like it was game seven of the nba finals gary harris is playing the second half but when you're down 20 in the first half on a wednesday night in november to atlanta okay gary take the rest of the night off let's Let's work on that hamstring comeback this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Like well, they were only down 11 at the half. Okay, sorry, I'm getting my my games mixed up when they were down a lot the other day yeah. at halftime. But yes, which um, is like every other day now. Yeah, basically. Yeah. All right. Before we uh, jump into the the two games uh, that have transpired between last episode and this episode, want to give a special shout out to our patrons. So. If you haven't heard already, which if you listen to the show with any sense of regularity, I don't know how you haven't heard, but we do have a Patreon channel. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show where we have three tiers of benefits uh, where you can uh, join things like our discord community. We also have monthly zoom calls uh, with our patrons, our hall of fame tier patrons, just to chat about the Orlando magic team and to get our, get to know our patrons a little bit more. Always a lot of fun. Those conversations that we have. Uh, but if you're, again, interested in joining our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And one of our benefits is our Hall of Fame tier patrons. Uh, we shout them out on every episode, and I'm going to throw that to Kevin. That's right. It's my turn today. And if you listen to this, this show, you know Jonathan has an order that he likes to read them off in, and I like to just totally botch that order and go with something crazy. So this is our order for today. We're starting with Ty, Mr. TV, Drum, Eric Lopez, Teddy Sylvia, Jamel Miller, Armin Shaheen 177, Half Freakin, uh, Wiffle, Destin for Greatness, uh, Pierre A, It's Not OKK to Say Okiki, Chad 3045, The Distract, Michael Martin, Mr. Mikey, ESPN Really Sucks, Migzors, Magic Player History, Edmund Le- uh, Leon, Danimal, Court Cousins, Andy at Cannibalism, Ryan Singh, Joe Rothfuss, Jonathan Borges, Juan Geraldo, Junior Barus, Franz Goto for Show, Goaty93, Julio, Gear95, Shred, Gabe Gaines, Fuchsia, Jose Esquilin, Dylan Holden, Dodo15, Mo Bamba Yo Mama, Caleb Pete, Free Donation, Carson Tulo, Michael Salapong, Normal, Bobby Skinner, Bill Fulton, Brandon Grace, Bailey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez. Thanks to each and every one of our Hall of Fame patrons and all of our patrons who support the Sixth Man Show. So you went uh, alphabetical email style. I'm reverse. Here, I'm sitting here trying to figure it out <laughs> yeah. uh, how you did it. I, I respect yeah, that. Reverse alphabetical order f- by their email address. And special Pretty shout good. out to Shaheen One Seven Seven, who is our yes. newest patron. Uh, that's a, another thing that we shout out uh, every time we have a brand new patron. We give them a special shout out. So Shaheen one seven seven, thanks so much for joining the Patreon. Hope to see you in the Discord and and hope that you'll join our uh, our monthly uh, Zoom calls, which we'll have uh, the next one coming up pretty shortly. So make sure that you guys keep an eye out for that. We're lagging on this one, obviously. You know, Luke's been out with the gallbladder stuff, and we had Thanksgiving. 
Um, but we're going to have one of those pretty soon. So make sure that you guys keep an eye out for that. But again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the sixth man show. All right, Kevin, let's talk about Monday's game against the Brooklyn Nets. So obviously the game before that, what was that last Sunday. Sunday where you get blown up by the Philadelphia 76ers and then Basically, immediately after that game, the team left for Brooklyn to face off against the the Nets. And you and I, at almost nauseam, just talked about everything that had been going wrong with this team. A lot of things you can you can kind of look past. A lot of things that you can deal with, you know, especially with a young team. But one thing that I think you and I both agree on, and a lot of other people agree, one thing that you cannot have, regardless of your age, you know, where you are in the standings. Uh, you know how, how well the team is or is not playing is your effort on a nightly basis, and we rightfully so like ripped the team a new one in, in that aspect on Sunday. Monday we got a really solid answer from the Magic. Like the Magic came right out of the gates, uh, were incredibly focused, locked in, playing hard, playing together. Uh, this is definitely one of the Magic's best performances over the course of the last couple of weeks. If you're talking about from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, kind of putting a complete game together, but they still fell to the Brooklyn Nets 102 to 109. Kevin, I, I most of the time I don't like doing this, just saying like, oh, like the other team played really well or another guy played really well. But when you look at the box score and if you watch this game, the offensive, it was a masterclass. It was a masterpiece. It was as flawless as you could get playing a basketball game Kevin Durant in 39 minutes put up 45 points seven rebounds five assists two steals two blocks this man shot 79 percent from the floor he made 19 of 24 shot attempts three of five from the three-point line four of four from the free throw line this game's difference was they had Kevin Durant and the magic did not yeah I mean that's that's really what comes down to and it's it's crazy. Like if you look through the rest of their box score, like yeah, Kyrie had twenty. You know, Nick Claxton, who's had a great season, by the way. You know, seventeen. Joe Harris, seventeen. But outside of that, they got ten total points outside of those four guys from the rest of the team. So yeah, it was all KD. He was unbelievable. But I mean, it's one of those things you're kind of. It's it's sad. Like as first off, as just a general basketball fan, it's sad because it's like, oh yeah, Kevin Durant, forty five. You know, it's it's very casual. Like. Uh, he's been doing this for so long now that, you know, it's just kind of, that's kind of what he does, but yeah, it was an incredible performance and we really gave the team a hard time after Sunday's game because of, uh, you know, really poor defense and leaving guys open, especially at the rim, you know, we ripped him for that, but you know, KD on Monday, um, that was a, that was a pretty well defended 45. I mean, sure. He, he was able to get to his spot sometimes and have some open, you know, mid range jumpers and stuff. But by and large, I thought we, we didn't do a a miserable job of defending. I don't think that was an easy 45 necessarily for him. He just made a lot of really great shots, but again, that's what he's always done. Um, So, but yeah, the effort though, 24 hours difference was just night and day. It was very refreshing. I came away from that game, you know, another one of those games, just like we talked about on Sunday, like it's okay to lose. I, I don't want to say it's okay to lose. It's it's more understandable and more tolerable if you lose after, you know, putting up a good, good effort, you know, and it's definitely something that I think magic fans can be more okay with. And I, I, that's how I felt on Monday is that the effort was there better attention to, to detail and um, especially defensively, um, 
like I said, Sunday night was the worst defensive performance of the year, if you ask me. So, but it's, it's at the same time, it also makes nights like Sunday super frustrating because it's like, if you can do this on the second night of a back to back on the road, where was this the night before at home when you had a, a day of rest and it was against a team you played, you know, 48 hours earlier? Maybe you could have learned some things from them. So it's a mixed bag. But speaking just about Monday, definitely a, a, a breath of fresh air after after what happened on Sunday. And you and I joked, uh, I don't know if it was while we were recording or after we had wrapped up on Sunday, but like we knew the Magic were going to come out and play well against the Brooklyn Nets. Like if, you've, if you follow this team for you know a, a solid part of the last decade, this is, it doesn't matter who's on the roster, this is what the Orlando Magic have done for the last 10 years. They play up and down to their competition level. Yeah. Obviously, Philadelphia is a very talented team, but we're missing like their big guns. And, you know, it showed in the Magic's performance in that regard. And then you come out and you play against a Brooklyn Nets team with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons for, you know, at least the first half. And and yeah, you know, you, you play really well in that game. I mean, you just kind of go through the box where I mean, as efficient of a night as Kevin Durant had, you know, 79 percent from the floor. Bull Bull had a super efficient night of his own, 24 points, 66 yeah. percent from the floor. Uh, Paolo Bancaro, you know, he, he uh, he's getting back into the swing of things here. 24 points for him on 17 attempts, added four rebounds, five assists and two steals. Uh, Gary Harris, 19 points, seven of 12 from the floor, four of six from behind the arc. Franz Wagner, 21 points, eight of 16 from the floor, three of six from behind the arc. Uh, the magic where the magic really lost it, obviously, was Kevin Durant. And then the missed free throws, you shoot 22 free throws in this one. You make 13 of them, which is 59%. I mean, if you want to point to any aspect of, of the team and in, in losing this game, uh, that's really where you lose the game. I mean, you lose by seven, you miss nine free throws. You just can't have that. Yeah, the free throws, that's something that you and I were texting about after the game, but also the the bench. And I, and I know, I know, you know, this was a, a de- more depleted team on Monday than it was tonight. You know, you had four guys on the bench. Remember, it was, it was nine total available players. You know, the bench was Admiral Schofield, Mo Wagner, RJ Hampton, and Kevon Harris. So I know it's not a great bench. Don't get me wrong. But they combined for 11 points. Let's see, five, not yet, yeah, 11 points. Um, so that's not great. And I know, you know, uh, I almost called them New Jersey. <laughs> Brooklyn's bench wasn't great either. But if you get a little bit more from your bench or you make more of your free throws, you know, I think you have a better chance of winning this game. But this was also a competitive game, even down the stretch. Like, this wasn't a blowout, unlike, you know, Sunday night and, and tonight, the game we'll talk about in a little bit. But it's another one of those things, fine margins, you know, really tight. And if they're able to do just a couple things differently, they, they come away with it. Um, I thought it was, was really cool, though, was after the game with Paolo and Kevin Durant and the jersey and, you know, the the inscription on there. That I thought that was really cool. Obviously, you like to win that game, but what did you think about, you know, Kevin Durant and the gift to, to Paolo? Well, let me just, I want to just kind of start this off by saying that I'm not a Kevin Durant fan. I, I still right. think the, the jump from Oklahoma city to, to golden state is one of the most egregious things we've ever seen in our league in terms of this player movement era. Okay. So I'm, I'm not a big agree. Kevin Durant fan. So me seeing neither. him do this to our team was like a, a, a Christian Pulisic need of the nuts, oh, which gosh. we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but um, I thought it was really cool, and even even further, what makes it even cooler is David and Jeff were talking about it on the broadcast tonight, and Kevin Durant was the one who told Paolo, I need that jersey. 
Right. And Kevin Durant uh, apparently doesn't ask many guys for their jerseys. So the fact that he sees something super special in Paolo, wanted that jersey from the rookie year, uh, and he you know inscribed you know, P, the work don't stop on, on the, the jersey that he gave to Paolo. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was a really cool gesture. You know, Paolo posts that to his Instagram and says, you know, full circle. That's just a really cool moment for him, like a, a dream come true. Even though these are your peers now, it's still a guy that he's quite literally been watching his entire life. So I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a cool gesture. Yeah, and um, if you think it's kind of interesting, if you think back to Media Day, both Paolo and Caleb Houston, you know, we were asked, you know, who are some guys you want to come up against? You know, rookie year, and the both guys' first names were Kevin Durant. So it was cool for Paolo, but also we had not mentioned Caleb Houston got his first career start. Eh, you know, in Brooklyn, it didn't go. It didn't go as well as Paolo's first start, but Caleb no, was fine. It, uh, it did. It's that's apples and oranges. You can't compare the two. Come on, man. He got his first career start, and it was against Kevin Durant, the the guy he listed as like, yeah, I want to play Kevin Durant. It's gonna be exciting. So, congrats to Caleb Houston. Um, and then obviously, yeah, Paolo. I mean, that was that's a really cool moment um, for him coming up against for the first time Kevin Durant, and for him to recognize that from day one. That's that's really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I do for a second before we move on here, want to go back to the point earlier that you made that it, it's not okay that we lost, right. but with a performance like this, you can kind of stomach the loss. And yeah. a, a common theme that I saw you know, across social media, really Monday leading into that game, it was kind of split 50-50. Like a lot of people were harping on the way that the Magic had lost on Sunday and everyone was still you know, very reasonably still upset about that game. And the other half were people that are like, where is this? The the term that I saw multiple times was, where is this sense of entitlement coming from? Like we knew this was going to be a bad team and so on and so forth. And for me, it's it's not a sense of entitlement to wins, but it is a sense of entitlement to the things that we've been talking about, focus, effort, and energy. So I, I felt the need to post that uh, last night is that, it's not about like excusing, you know, losses or or feeling entitled to wins, but the team needs to play with energy and effort every single night. And when you don't have that, that to me is what is so frustrating and discouraging. Yeah, and especially coming off of last year. Last year was not a good team, but over the course of eighty-two games, they fought almost every single night. Like even though last year's team. I think on paper was not as good as this year's team, obviously with Paolo, you know, without Paolo and all that. But we saw it over the course of a whole season last year and to already have a handful of games within the last couple of weeks where we feel like that, that is not, um, that is not as, as common of an occurrence already a month into the season. That's where I think, you know, some of us are, are starting to be concerned, but, um, but yeah, Monday, you know, I, it also can't really be understated or overstated, I guess you know, the whole lineup situation. I know we just mentioned it, but like if you're going to lose a game, like that's a completely understandable reason to lose a game when you have nine guys and your entire bench is four guys that aren't typically going to play if you got a full team. So all those things, like we said, understandable loss, and it's much more tolerable when you put kind of that, that effort that we saw on Monday. So obviously wish we saw more of that Sunday, wish we saw more of that tonight, but Monday was, was a good showing. Yeah, totally agree. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's talk about tonight's loss then against the Atlanta Hawks. So, so much excitement, you know, tonight when uh, we got the news, um, I believe it was, was it yesterday or was it today? Yeah, Yeah, it was yesterday. It was Tuesday when we got, you know, the, the, the messaging that Markel and Cole were going to be available to play. Not that they were Mm -hmm. questionable, not that they were a game time decision or anything like that, or probable even they were going to be available to play. So right. you go to sleep last night and you're thinking, all right, we're about to get Markel Fultz back. You're getting Cole Anthony. We're getting some guards back. We're getting healthy bodies. Things are on the up and up. Like, let's just start to, to get some positive momentum going here. And then when you look at the way they played Monday, you're like, okay, they got smacked around last week, especially last weekend. They've dialed it back in. The energy and effort is back where it's supposed to be. So you had, I think, you know, pretty reasonable expectations going into this game that the Magic were at least going to be competitive. And throughout the first half, they were, you know, you go down, I think it was you're down 11 at the half. I have to just, I have to just say, I was right. We were down 20 at half when I said that earlier. I was right. It was 70 to 50. That's all I got to say. Was that tonight? <laughs> that was tonight. Were you down 11 at the end of the first quarter? We were First quarter. The first quarter. Yes. I'm misremembering. Yes. This team has got me all kind of out of sorts. But thank you for right. I feel so me. much better about myself. 70 yes. to 50. Down 20. Just like yeah. Kevin to, to correct me. No big deal. We love Hey, that. I felt very guilty that I was I was called out for being guilty. wrong. You have any right. idea how many times I'm wrong on this podcast on a weekly basis? <laughs> I can't figure out how to say one of our guys' names from a weekly yeah, it basis. Happens. It's just kind of okay. part of the territory. But I do apologize. Right, carry on. You were correct. 70 oh, to 50. People that were pissed off like you. 20 minutes ago, like, Jonathan, you're an idiot. Kevin's right. And now they're like, okay, they got it right. They really, really appreciate that. So, yeah, but yeah, you're, you're, you're just getting crushed. You know, uh, I thought it was, I thought they were more competitive throughout this game than, than just the first half. But yeah, like you said, you give up 70 points now that I'm remembering correctly in the first half. And yeah, this team, regardless of getting Markel Fultz back, you were not all of a sudden going to go from, what are we, the 20, second ranked team in terms of offensive efficiency in the league, you're not going to go from 22nd to like the top 10 with Markel Fultz coming back without guys like really shooting the crap out of the ball. This team is not going to be like a top 10 offensive rated team. Like you're going to be lucky to be middle of the pack offensively, which is with 
everybody healthy, I think where a lot of people at the beginning of the season expected us to be. But if this team, I can't believe I have to say this again. If this team does not lock in defensively every single night, if this team does not take rebounding the basketball, especially defensive rebounds, if we're not taking rebounding seriously every single night, if we're not doing the small things every single night, this team is not going to win games. Because of how young we are and inexperienced and due to injuries devoid of talent, the the margin of error for this team is so small, it's basically non-existent, especially against a playoff team like the Atlanta Hawks. If you don't play pretty close to perfect basketball for anywhere from 43 to 48 minutes, you're not (laughs) going to have a chance to win these games. And when you're seeing guys like Bull Bull tonight, even Paolo Bancaro, not give a crap about rebounding and just there was no defense tonight. Like Jamal talked about that Sunday night against the Philadelphia 76ers. It was very much the the, the case the, the same way tonight. First of all, nobody on our team outside of Jalen Suggs has a chance of stopping Trey Young at the point of attack. Maybe Jonathan Isaac when he comes back, but that's that's a whole nother conversation. But Trey Young starts breaking down you know, our, our guards on the perimeter, and then all of a sudden, bigs are like kind of collapsing to try to make a play on Trey Young because that floater is so deadly. Then it's Clint Capella. It's Onyeka uh, Okongwu. It's John Collins just kept catching lobs left and right at the rim. It just felt like every time I blinked, the Hawks are getting another lob at the rim. And thankfully, to start the game, they weren't shooting the ball that well. Well, that sure changed as the game went on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Magic don't have the offensive firepower to keep up with most teams in the league. Nevertheless, the Atlanta Hawks with with guys like Trey Young and and DeJounte Murray on the team. So again, here we are having this conversation 48 hours from that awesome Nets performance, which was 24 hours from the terrible performance against the 76ers. And here we are again, having the same conversation about locking in, playing with energy, playing with attention to detail. And tonight in the post game, Jamal Mosley for the second of third of uh, second and three second time in three games is coming out and criticizing this team's focus and, and energy. And it just can't happen. Yeah. It's weird. I, I know it's not as simple as this. Like I'm not a professional athlete. I, you know, I don't know what it takes to lock in 82 times in a season and give your absolute best for, you know, 20 to 35 minutes or however many minutes you play. But if I were to, you know, get really up and focused and, you know, amped up for a game, it would be when I got two of my teammates coming back, you know? You got Markel playing for the first time this season. You got Cole playing for the first time in whatever it is, 15 games. Like, to me, that would get me not just fired up, but I'd be like, man, I'll, we want to win their first games back, you know? We and picked so, them, you and I picked them to win this game because we thought Markel right. was coming back tonight. Right. Yeah, because we thought, you know, that that should raise the energy level, that should raise the focus, that should raise, you know, the hype. And I, and I know there's way more to sports than hype and energy. Like, please don't mishear me on that. But the things that we saw tonight, you know, there were just a lot of little things uh, that the Magic were just missing, you know, rebounds especially. Like, man, there were so many times that we saw guys just, first off, you know, missing a, a defensive assignment or let their guy beat them or whatever. So to have that happen is one thing, but then how do you respond after that? <laughs> you can't just, you know, just watch what happens happen. You know, go get the freaking rebound. And especially with the the size that we have on this team, like it's hard because I know rebounding, there's 
a philosophy to rebounding, right? It depends on how you're, how you're coached, right? What's your, your rebounding scheme essentially? Like, are you playing for rebounds? Are you playing to get back? Are you playing for offensive rebounds? You know, all those different things, but regardless, like we're big enough to where we shouldn't be getting torched. I know the Hawks have some great rebounders on their team. Like obviously they, they killed us back in, you know, October when we played them there on the glass. So it's tough. It's frustrating. Um, and I wish, I wish it was, wish it wasn't a recurring thing, but it's, it's just feels like it's just, it's getting worse and not getting any better. And so, um, definitely frustrating. Obviously Trey's going to get his, you know, once again, we, we held him to not a terrific shooting night, just like we did in October. I mean, 12 of 23, he kind of bounced back, but two of 11 from, from three. Um, he, he also shot terribly, you know, the game you and I were at in Atlanta from three. So, but he's also one of those guys where it's like, you blink and he's got 14 assists. Like, it's just, to me, when I watch Trey, I never feel like he, feel like he gets, you know, 12 to 15 assists. And then you look you at the end of the game, like it's it. like, dang. I feel it because every time he gets into the paint, it's ending in one of two things. It's him making a floater or it's him yeah. throwing a lob. I, I felt like he had 50 assists tonight. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't feel like it to me. It's just, it's just one of those things. Maybe I just blocked those out of my head because I just get so annoyed with it. But um, I more than anything, I just hate seeing DeJounte Murray win. That's just that's the part that stinks above all else. Like I just always want to see him lose. So to give him a win tonight is always it's it's tough. And sometimes, you know, you can almost like excuse the other team like out rebounding you by a ton if you're not shooting the ball well, because you know, more sure. missed opportunities is is more defensive rebound opportunities for the other team. It was not the case tonight. Magic shoot forty nine percent from the floor tonight. Um, and are out rebounded forty nine to thirty three. They gave up fourteen offensive rebounds to the Atlanta Hawks. Like yeah. so much of rebounding is two things: it's positioning and it's effort. If you want to talk like schematically, like about offensive rebounding, like whether or not you're sending multiple guys to crash the glass and try to get you know second chance opportunities, that's one thing. Defensive rebounding should never be an issue. Shot goes up. Every front court player should be putting their body on a man, getting in between them and the rim and getting to the rebound. Paolo Bancaro tonight had a possession where I think he was guarding Clint Capella. Clint tried to make this like little jump hook bunny, missed it. Paolo is just watching the ball. Clint just runs right past him, grabs rebound and tips it in for a for a, a tip in. That cannot happen. It just can't like there's no excuse for it whatsoever. And we're also seeing like bull bull just they're just watching the ball. That's what the rebounding for this team comes down to right now. They're not getting beat. They're not get they're not getting out hustled. They're watching the ball and they're not in, in correct position. It's it's awful. You know, what's really sad, you know, Clint Capella is going to get his offensive rebounds. Obviously, we know he's a great offensive rebounder. We could have done a better job on him, but it is what it is. What's really sad to me is that eight of those offensive rebounds came from guys that are six foot eight and under. You had four from Okongwu. He's the six foot eight guy. Uh, Jarrett Culver had three. He's six foot six. And Trent Forrest had one. He's six foot four. So we gave up offensive rebounds, eight offensive rebounds to guys that are six foot eight and shorter. And when we, one of the things everyone talks about this team, whether you're a fan of the team or not, is the length and the size that the Orlando Magic have. We should not be giving up eight offensive rebounds to dudes that size. And again, I know there's more to rebounding than size, but the combination of size and effort should get should, should prevent offensive rebounds, you know? And so that's super frustrating to me. One of the best rebounders rebounders on our team, like pound for pound, is Cole Anthony. 
for sure. And he's the smallest guy on the team. So when people want right. to talk about someone's frame or like their size, like why they're not a good rebounder, I just I just don't agree with that. Like it, yeah. it mostly comes down to positioning and effort, and the Magic aren't giving either in that aspect of basketball right now. And you're just you're just not going to win games. I mean, this part of like part of me is like questioning, like, what are they doing in practice? Because this has been now like a season long trend. They're not necessarily getting killed on the glass every single game, but it does seem like more often than not when they are giving up offensive rebounds, it is at the most inopportune time At, at some point. I'm I'm mostly I'm just rolling the ball out and saying we're not doing anything today except rebounding. Like let's get middle school with it. Whatever it takes because what we're doing currently is not working. We talked about, you know, the the effort and the 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 focus. Whatever has been happening, you know, recently has been working. So like let's get some like public like media accountability. Last couple of games this has happened, we've started to see that with the game against Philadelphia tonight against the Hawks. Mosley's come out and he hasn't done this much, if at all, in his tenure as the head coach of the Magic, but like questioning their their effort, their energy, and their focus. And you're seeing players echo that sentiment tonight. Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, both talking about the fact that, like, yeah, we need to come out with better energy. And I think those are two of the better guys that we could get back right now, just in terms of holding other guys accountable. We know Cole Anthony is a leader on this team. We know Markel Fultz is going to hold guys accountable, and you and I talked about this before we started recording, uh, but having those guys on the floor and in the game, to me, goes a lot you know, goes a lot further. If you're a guy sitting on the bench in a 30-point blowout and you're trying to ramp your guys up, it only means so much. But when you're in the middle of that, you're going through that 30-point loss with your guys, trying to you know bring them up, I think can, can go a, a long way. Kevin, another thing you know that I, I've just been thinking about tonight when Jamal Mosley was hired, we talked about, and he talked about, the, the the coaching staff talked about the fact that Magic wanted to play with pace, space, and the pass. So far through this season, they're 23rd in pace, they're 21st in three-point percentage, and they're last in assist per game and assist percentage. The Magic are not playing with pace, space, or the pass. What is, I just want to know what is happening because everything this coaching staff told us they were going to be about the last couple of weeks, this team has been the furthest from that. And for most of the season, it seems like they have been. What do you think is going on? Because I am at a loss. I, I, I don't get it. Um, so I have to preface it by saying I'm a big Jamal Mosley fan. I have been. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. And that does not change with what I'm about to say. But even from day one, when I heard pace space in the past, all I heard was fluff, fluff, and fluff, you know, like just one of those, every coach has like, most coaches have like some kind of tagline that's their thing. And it usually doesn't mean anything, but it sounds cool, you know? And so if if, the fact that we've been here, he's been here a year and a quarter, like tonight crossed over the the quarter mark for the season. Right. Um, So we haven't seen it. We didn't see that last year. We haven't seen it a quarter of this year. And we always talk about the fact that he hasn't had a full roster to implement any of that ever. So I don't, I'm not going to judge too much, but I thought it from day one. I still think it from now, like this team is not built for some of that. You know, this team is not built for space, you know, when it comes to, you know, shooting, you know, we, we don't have a bunch of shooters on this team. Space isn't only going to help us, but so much. So yeah, 
I think fluff, fluff, and fluff. That's what I think, and that's not that's not an indictment of him at all necessarily. But uh, all right, so I think that's just like something that coaches do sometimes. I don't know that it's necessarily fluff. Last year, the Magic ranked tenth in pace. They were really? ninth. That's more than I expected. They were ninth in assist percentage last season, and yes, the Magic were terrible. They were twenty second in the league in three point percentage. So last year, it wasn't necessarily all fluff. Like from day one, it did seem like the Magic like were playing with purpose. And I don't know how much of that has been disrupted from guys being in and out of the lineup. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Offensively, um, like Franz and Paolo really being like the main facilitators when that wasn't necessarily the case last year. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it as well. Um, when you're playing like a lot of ISO heavy ball and, and pick and roll, that's going to kind of slow down your pace. People have talked all year about how the Magic aren't getting into their actions when they do run them quickly enough which is also going to have to do with pace. Uh, and when you're not getting stops, you're not getting out in transition, that is also going to affect your pace, which the Magic were not a great defensive team last year for the first three quarters of the season. I think they were somewhere where around like 17th in defensive rating pre-All-Star break. And then after the All-Star break, we know they were you know top 10 in defensive rating. So, But my issue is like, why have we seen the amount of regression that we've seen? Like part of it is injuries. I, I, know, I know that. I understand that. I still feel like this team should be able to defend and rebound much better than they have been. And the rebounding from a night to night basis hasn't been as bad as some people would like to make it out to be. In terms of rebound percentage, the Magic are still ninth in the league. So in terms of um, every you know, rebounding opportunity, the Magic are ninth in the league in terms of rebounding. Yeah. So it's not like the Magic are one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. It just seems like they should be even better than where they are with the personnel that we have. Well, that's what's frustrating to me is because we have seen them rebound well. And so when you have nights like Sunday and nights like tonight where it's just non-existent, that's what's frustrating because we know what this team is capable of. But that also speaks to where maybe perhaps mentally or emotionally or whatever this team is on some nights where it's just completely, you know, checked out or lacking focus or whatever you want to call it. Because, you know, nights like tonight, you know, when you compare to some of those other nights, it's like it's just night and day. And it's just it's a lack of consistency, which, again, you know, Jamal talked about, you know, this is being a young team and you can make excuses or explanations, whatever. But that's just a fact of the matter. Inconsistent is is probably the best word for this team right now, especially in, in that category. So like the rebounding, like, you know, on certain nights, obviously it could be a lot better. Like even the best rebounding teams in the league are going to have nights where they don't rebound well. It just so happens for the Magic, like we're getting a lot of those more recently. And to me, like we talk about the fact that the Magic are now, uh, you know, 28th in the league in terms of defensive rating. Over the course of the you know the first few weeks, they were in like the late teens, the you know the like low twenties, like twenty, twenty one, twenty two. But I mean, even from uh, what was that Monday night and uh, tonight's game from Sunday, they went from twenty four to twenty eighth in just a couple of games. So, like the eye test lines up with the numbers that we're we are getting like worse and worse over the course of the last couple of weeks. And like for me, it's just like we need to find that answer, whatever it is. Part of it is Wendell. I know yeah, he's been out. Jalen has been out. But like the guys that you have, like if you're fit enough to be on the floor, we, we just we need more. Like that, it's to me, it's it's as simple as that. We need more from the guys that are on the floor. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about the rebounding, I, I was going to mention Wendell as well. You know, him being out hurts, but it, it something like that makes me wonder if some of the guys. Uh, 
almost rely on Wendell, you know, for the rebounds, you know, maybe they're used to when Wendell is in the game, they don't necessarily have to, you know, put a body on somebody maybe as, as hard or emphasize that as much because they know Wendell is going to clean it up. I don't know. That's just me thinking out loud. You should feel like you have to step up when he's not in the game. Exactly. And guys are quite literally, you can go back and watch the tape. They're just watching the ball go up and then you see their man run right past them to the offensive glass. 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. But it's like, you know, that it should be the opposite. But either way, we know Wendell being out hurts us in that category and a lot of others. Um, so he can, definitely can't get back soon enough. I don't like thinking of the team as like, uh, like flipping the switch at some point. Like, oh, we're gonna get to the All Star break and then the team is just gonna like flip the switch because when you say that, eventually the switch isn't there to be flipped. Right. Like if you don't keep up those habits on a game to game basis eventually it's just gone. So for me, it's like, all right, when are we going to get back to the Orlando Magic that we saw for the last you know, 20, 21 games last season that was top 10 you know, in, in defensive rating, wasn't necessarily winning a ton of games, but you were competitive basically in all of those games down the stretch last year, even though you were tanking. So as we start to get guys back, and I mean, the, the 2018-2019 team if you compare that to the 2019-2020 team, night and day, like in terms of defensive rating, we're much better in 18-19. I believe that a, the biggest part of that was Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac is going to make a big difference, but I don't think he's going to take you from 28th to a top 10 overnight. Maybe I'm underselling Jonathan Isaac. Maybe even I have forgotten how good he is, but everybody up and down the lineup needs to lock in and really needs to take pride on that side of the floor. Because this is just not going to be a good enough offensive team to where if you want to be successful, you can just kind of forget about the other side of the floor. It, you have to be a great defensive team if they want to come anywhere close to the play-in. You didn't win this game, Kevin. But if you did, don't forget that every day after a Magic victory, you can get 50% off your online Papa John's order with code MAGICWIN. I don't know the next time we're going to get to eat that, Kevin, but I promise you I will be taking advantage of that. And I've even been craving Papa John's lately. That's the worst part is I'm holding out for that 50% off. I don't know how much longer I can hold off. I might just have to bite the bullet and go 100% Papa John's. Yikes. Yeah. Sometimes that craving is just got to do it. You just got to do it. All right. Before we get to our conversation with Jay, a couple of things that we want to talk about the rest of the week here, Kevin, coming up on Friday, you're in Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers. And then Saturday, you're in Toronto going up against the Toronto Raptors. Franz is better than Scotty Barnes. Let's just throw it out there. Franz has been the best second year player in the NBA. Paolo has been the best rookie in the NBA. We have the two best players from the two last NBA draft classes. Scotty Barnes is getting benched. You ever think you're going to see Franz Wagner getting benched? I don't freaking think so, ladies and no gentlemen. Way. I hope no you way. losers that have been all over our uh, draft reaction from 2021. Hope you're Get watching em. this video right now. Get them. Suck it. Get them. I'll also say there's a chance, Jonathan, that in Orlando this year is going to be the rookie of the year and the most improved player of the year. Bull Bull has a real chance. Bull I think. Bull. Yep. He's crazy. And... And the, if there if there was a award for best second year player of the year, we'd have that too. So we're just sweeping True. all the awards this year. <laughs> you might have an all star or two in Orlando if you can turn things around here before the all star break. I mean, Franz has a case. Paolo has a case. Yep. I mean, 
Those guys are really freaking good. But what do you think happens Friday and Saturday? We got a back-to-back again to close the week out. Here's the deal. Tonight was yep, our sixth straight loss, right? Yep. Six? Yep, six. I If we lose both of those, that puts us at an eight-game losing streak. I can't – I my heart can't allow me to predict an eight-game losing streak. So, therefore, I think it's a seven-game losing streak. I'm going to say – and I know I'm changing my prediction from earlier in the week, but I'm not. I'm not in the official, you know, uh, competition that you and Luke have, so I can do whatever I want. True. Um, uh, I think we lose in Cleveland, and then we win against Toronto and um, Scotty. I'm looking at the schedule from last year, so we had a couple of seven game losing streaks: one at the end of November, one in December. Yes. We had a one, I remember two, those. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game losing streak, uh, spanning from the end of December into the middle of January last year. So great. Sheesh, man, that is really, really, really rough. I mean, if you look at where we were at this point in the season last year, we basically have the same record five and 17 last year. No, you were four and 17. You were four and 18 and then you went five and 18. So we are still on track so far for a better record than last season, at least by one game, by one game. But I, I do think, you know, we talked about, you know, you have this, like now it's going to be 11 more games against playoff teams and you have that streak of five games that, that's pretty winnable there. Uh, I think the Magic can can string a couple of wins together. The Magic did most of their winning last year, like from the end of January on. You know, you got, what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 of your 20 wins last year, 22 wins last year. I always forget if it's 22 and 60 or 20 and 62, but it was 22 and 60. So you got 13 of your 22 wins from January 23rd on last year. So still on track to do better than last year. Hopefully if we actually can get everybody back, we can really put some wins together for the the heck of it. I'm going to say the magic win in Toronto on Saturday. I'm right there with you. I, I you got to beat Scotty Barnes yeah. and and hopefully Jalen Suggs is back for that and they'll start chanting Franz is better even though they probably won't but um all right last thing I want to talk about before we get to the conversation with Jay the mad the, not the magic I wish the magic were moving on <laughs> the U.S. is moving on to the round of sixteen to the knockout round in the the World Cup after beating Iran one to zero on Tuesday. Christian Pulisic, man, took the nastiest nut shot I have ever seen in the history of the world. And he says he's going to play Saturday versus the Netherlands. Yep. Kevin, what was your you know reaction Tuesday? I know you didn't have your hopes all that high so that you weren't completely let down if the U.S. didn't get the result they wanted. And then you're, you're kind of, you know, my uh, I refer to you with a lot of this stuff. What do you think are the U.S. chances of, of beating the Netherlands? Uh, on Saturday, pretty early on Saturday, uh, might I add? Yeah. I it's like kickoff at nine thirty, ten o'clock, something like that. Ten, yeah. yeah, it's at ten. But uh, as far as Tuesday, yeah, I I didn't breathe for the last twenty minutes of that game. My brother just held my breath. That was tough, man. I mean, that's that's typical for a game like that where you know you, the other team just needs a goal, you know, and they're just they're going they're throwing everything at you, and you're just defending for your life. And so that was intense. But I mean. Credit to this young team. You know, that was a big, big moment, and they just did everything they could, literally everything they could to stay alive, and they did. And so Saturday, that's the cool thing about these group alignments here, and this is something that 
you know, any, you know, US fan noticed, you know, once we, the draw happened several months ago was that group A, you know, anytime the the host is in the group and the host isn't very good, that's that's always going to be helpful. And so group A always has the host and everyone expected the Netherlands to win group A and they did, but they didn't look all that impressive. They've got a on paper, they've got a great team on paper, they should win, but they haven't looked terrific, you know, in their first three games. And so uh, once again, a winnable game. I'm certainly you in the United States is certainly not a favor on Saturday, but it wouldn't shock everyone if they were to win. And that would be really crazy to win that because, you know, in the uh, quarterfinals, it would be a matchup with uh, potentially Argentina. So that could be a lot of fun. Um, but either way, Saturday will be fun. Netherlands are a great team. They have some terrific talent, but nothing that a great team performance can't overcome. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. So how does it shake out? Then the, the U.S. would play the winner of Argentina and Australia? That's right. Yep. So the, the, the potential bracket that everyone's talked about, you know, since the United States won, it would be, um, it would be the Netherlands, Argentina, Brazil, and France would be the, the potential path to a World Cup this year. So literally the, the four hardest teams in, in the tournament, I guess three, you know, Argentina, Brazil, and, and France. But uh, hey, to be the best, you got to beat the best. So I don't think we're going to get that far, obviously, um, but that would be really fun. At least it, to beat the Netherlands and play Argentina in the quarterfinal would be insane. That would be so fun. I hope we get a chance to do it. But That's we'll all see. I want. Like, like obviously, it's great where they are. Um, but sure. you know, after the game, you know, they were all talking about how like this. There, there's more to come. Like, let's let's want more. You know, not just making it out of the group stage, but advancing. You know, and a, a quarterfinal berth would be really exciting. I believe we were talking about that's how far they made it in 2014 into the quarterfinal. No, in 2014, it was the round of 16 against Belgium. And then they lost. They lost in extra time to Belgium, yeah. For some reason, I remember the World Cup in 2014 taking so much longer than these matches have <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's because I've just been like paying way more attention and been more excited about it. But it's just like flown by. Like the, I believe we will win. I felt like that lasted it felt like months in 2014. Well, the difference is a typical summer world cup. You have weeks uh, up to two months of warm-up games. You're playing several warm-up games, you have okay. three to four, five warm-up games against typically some of them are fellow world cup teams. And so, you know, they have this whole pre world cup tour as they do before every world cup where they go to three or four games in the United States. Then they'll play a game overseas at the side of the world cup. But because this year the World Cup happened in the middle of the season, there wasn't time for all those warm-up games. And so that probably added to the feeling of it being so long. There was a lot of hype, and people were chanting that chant for a month before the World Cup even started. So right. uh, that definitely that's – a, that's a more typical world – and a more ideal World Cup, by the way. That's just so much more fun than this thrown together you know, right in the middle of the season thing. It's weird for yeah. sure. Yeah. I've been looking at like the, the men's national team gear on like Fanatics, which like – can we do better than Fanatics? Like – Fanatics, Fanatics just isn't that great. Like the the gear that they have on Fanatics, like most of it sucks. Like I'll I'll it, just well, be very very honest about that. Even like the I magic am, stuff. Sometimes I'll find a piece that I'm like, oh, I've got to have that. But most of the time, I'm like, what are we doing here? I am waiting for the day when someone with more um, journalistic clout than me or the entire six man show comes out with a documentary on the monopoly of fanatics and however they acquired it because 
this didn't used to be like this. It used to be every, you know, uh, every um, uh, league had their own store, NBA store, NFL shop, and all those kinds of things. Right. Teams had their own stores. And then sometime, some way along the way, Fanatics took over everything. And everything has suffered because of it. I can't stand it. It's so frustrating. But someday, they're going to be brought down, and we're going to find out what really happened behind the scenes. I'm calling it right now. I doubt that will happen uh, just because that's the state of the world that we live in. But I feel like it's like within the last four or five years, all of a sudden I was like, why am I being rerouted to fanatics every time I click on everything? And now it's everything is fanatics. Now it's everything. But I will say I'm going to buy some U.S. men's national team gear. Like I'm I'm not that I am just now beginning to love America. Like I've loved America my entire life. But I'm just now like really getting into soccer and, and um, you know, learning more about the, the sport. Even a lot of the rules, I'm still learning. But if we beat the Netherlands, I'm buying a kit. I'm buying. I will buy a, a Pulisic jersey 100%. So uh, I'm, I'm really waking up early Saturday, and uh, I'm going to be looking forward to, to watching that game. It would be super exciting to be able to pull off the win and, and show the world that, you know, you go, you all call it football, but uh, the U.S. is getting pretty good at soccer. Yeah, and I'll also say a great segue into our next segment with our guest, Australia, pulling up a bit of an upset in their group. Not a lot of people expect them to go through, and yet they finished second in group uh, D. I think that was their group letter. So congratulations, congratulations to Australia. Congratulations to Manny, our social video producer from Australia. And congratulations to Jay, our next guest, who I'm sure you're about to introduce. We are about to introduce Jay, Kevin. Let's get into my conversation with Jay. It was a lot of fun. All right, Magic fans, we're going to change the the mood here to a little bit less depressing. We have a really fun uh, conversation and a, a fun story that I, I wanted you all to hear, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about this myself. Uh, I'm now joined by Jay from Orlando Magic Player History. A lot of you are familiar with him. He's been on the podcast in the past, uh, but you can also find him, you know, Orlando Magic Player History, all across social media and YouTube. Jay, how are you, man? Welcome back to the show. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Jonathan. I'm uh, I'm recovered from uh, from the trip. Um, I'm fortunate again. I didn't get to catch up with Luke tonight, but um, luckily, as part of the trip, I was actually able to meet Luke in person. And it was you that I missed um, yeah. in person in Orlando. So. Unfortunately, we were planning on meeting up at that Dallas game, but as we'll get into your story about that trip, you weren't able to to make the the Dallas game there. But so for those that that don't know what we're talking about, um, obviously, just kind of go through the story on on how this trip. You had never been to the states before, correct? I've been to the states, yeah, but I've never been to Florida. I've never done the East Coast. Um, so the the trip basically came about. So um, I know you dabbled a little bit in Top Shot. Um, and so NBA Top Shot, for those who don't know, it's basically digital basketball collectibles. And um, I, I'm a huge um, collector. Um, I, I love the idea of just being able to kind of put these highlights into somewhere where they're able to be collected and, and celebrated all time. So, you know, if we had Markel Foltz's put-back dunk from tonight, you know, something that is then able to be made into a collectible, and um, people able to, to 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 keep that forever. So, um, I as obviously as as Orlando Magic history, you know, I'm on on the history, and so I like the idea of having these moments able to be sort of collected for for for, for all time, basically. So, 
I have got I got right into to Top Shot, um, and I I basically have the largest. Uh, well, the, I've collected the most number of Orlando Magic Top Shot moments of any collector in the entire world, and um, that that drew the attention of um, NBA Top Shot, and um, they basically invited me to um, be part of their VIP program um, and, and wanted to fly me across um, to they, – they knew the story of me running, you know, Magic Play history and, and being a fan of, of the Magic for 30-plus for years and not being able to get to a game before. And so they wanted to, to help me get to my first Orlando Magic game. So um, that's, that's kind of how it came about. So, um, yeah, just through NBA Top Shot and um, the company Dapper Labs who runs Top Shot and those guys – um, wanting to reward some of their larger collectors, and um, they basically organised the trip, and then they 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 moved heaven and earth when when basically the trip almost fell to bits. So it's really cool to think that Top Shot launched, uh, I think, pretty close to about two years ago, maybe give or take a, a a few months. At least that's when I found out about it. And to think that you started, you know, you've been collecting now for a few years, and to think that it it turned into them basically flying you across the world to to attend your first Orlando Magic game is just really special, and I know that Andrew with the the packs packs and pinstripes group, you know the the Orlando Magic NBA Top Shot community that you're a part of. I know you know that was kind of part of it as well. I know you got to to meet Andrew and and you guys you know went to the game together. Uh, but Jay, this that you talk about NBA Top Shot moving heaven and earth to get you to this game. <laughs> That didn't happen without you having to go through hell in terms of travel uh, to get to the game. So can you just kind of walk the listeners through? Your, it's just a, a an odyssey. It's quite the journey that you uh, and everything that you had to deal with to get to Orlando for the game. Yeah, so I, I did make a video log of the trip, and I'm going to post that on my YouTube channel tonight. So everybody will be able to check that out after this if they want to go and if they if they want more intro information on the on the trip. But um, yeah, there there was a ton of problems um, on the trip. So um, there was there was an issue with my visa not being approved in time. It actually came in 20 minutes too late, um, which sort of meant it, that sort of started a domino effect of of a whole lot of different flights being changed and altered. Um, and I got rerouted from my initial sort of um, trip. I was rerouted on a different sort of path. And um, the first flight that I went on, my suitcase didn't arrive on the same flight. And so when I got to the airport, I had to wait in the airport for several hours for my bag to arrive. And by then it was like, two o'clock in the morning and there was basically, and I had a, my flight out was quite early in the morning. So basically I just had to sleep in the airport. Um, and then right as I was about to get on that flight to LA, I got an email, like literally five minutes before I was about to get on this flight, I got an email saying that my connecting flight from LA to Orlando had been canceled because we, of course we had um, tropical storm, Nicole, wasn't it? Nicole? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so at that point, it was almost like, well, do I even get on the plane? Because am I going to be stranded in LA? Um, what am I going to do? And, you know, the guys from Dapper, were like, they were like, well, well, maybe we could send you to a Lakers game instead of an Orlando game. And I was like, come on, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not flying all the way across the other side of the world for a Lakers game. It was like, it's magic game or nothing. For, you know, I didn't want the Lakers game to be my first NBA game. Um, Definitely not. So made the leap of faith to get on the plane. 
Um, and I sort of, I sort of knew at that point that the Dallas game where, you know, I was hoping to meet you and a whole bunch of other collectors from NBA Top Shot at that point, with that flight to Orlando being canceled, I kind of knew that that, that game was probably off the table, but the plan had always been to have send me to two games, um, the Dallas game and then two days later the Phoenix game. And so I was hopeful that, well, the weather was supposed to clear up and hopefully I'd, if I didn't make the Dallas game, I could still make the uh, the Phoenix game two days later. So um, when I got into LA, um, they flew me into Miami instead of uh, Orlando. Um, and so once I got to Miami, it was just a matter of trying to get up to Orlando. And so um, – at this point, Dapper Labs were working the phones and they, they were trying to – they sort of gave me a bunch of Uber credit and they said, see if you can find a, someone to drive you from Miami to Orlando. And unfortunately, there was no one crazy enough to drive into a tropical storm um, in, in the middle of the night through, through Uber. So um, I got to watch the Dallas game in the Miami airport. Um, so, um, But, hey, we won the game, so that was nice. Um, but um, I, I found a bus – um, that was leaving Miami at 10 p.m. that night. And um, basically that was sort of the last chance. Otherwise, I was just going to have to try to find some accommodation in Miami and then make my way up the next day. Um, and when I when I got to the bus, all the tickets were sold out. And I talked to the guys in the security in the line and they said, well, you know, if you've got some cash, you know, you might be able to offer that to the driver. And if there's a spare seat, you know, he might let you on. So um, I hung around and waited and um, the bus driver, I gave him my story and basically just sort of begged my way onto the bus and he put me on the bus. And, um, yeah, that was a, a pretty sketchy bus trip, the, the bus kind of waving in the wind as you're cruising down the highway and the bus driver just kind of driving quite slow because it's so much water on the road and stuff. But um, got into Orlando 5 a.m. Um, and, um, yeah, it was it was a – it was a very welcome sight to the first time I laid eyes on the Amway Center, something that yeah. I've waited to see my whole life. What was that like? After- what, what kind of emotions are going through you the first time that you see that Amway Center sign? Uh, to be honest, after the trip, it was relief. So my first, you know, it was probably different to what emotions it would have felt like after. But, you know, when, when the, the Uber driver drove me up there and I, I knew it, I knew it was coming up and I was like, okay, it's going to be here on the right. And I saw it in the distance and I was like, yeah. And I was just like, okay, thank, thank goodness. You know, I made it, you know, I, I got here, right. I'm going to make the Phoenix game. So yeah, it, it was, it was a massive sense of relief. I would say. I think you left out one small detail about your trip. Didn't one of your flights get turned around because there was a drunk passenger. <laughs> so there what was, was that, that like? was an issue. So that that uh, that did happen, but it wasn't the flight that I was on. But that actually that actually helped me get across because so what happened was um, every day there's a flight from LA to Sydney, and um, the flight that left LA on the day before I was supposed to leave, that was the one that got turned around because one of the passengers was too drunk to fly, and then the fact that that flight got then delayed by like twelve hours, sixteen hours or so that was the flight that I was able to get on the next um, day to get across after my flights had been delayed and rerouted. So um, I actually need to do a hat tip to the guy who was too drunk to fly because that it, it kind of meant that, yeah, it meant that I had to sleep in the airport to get on that early, early flight. But it, um, it was basically the only way that I was going to get there. Um, at that point I was still holding out hope of making the Dallas game, but it was, 
that that LA to to Orlando flight got um got cancelled. So unfortunately, he didn't make it in time for the Dallas. So it was a series of unfortunate events, but it doesn't sound like necessarily everything was working against you. Some of some things kind of fell in your favor for you to be able to get there. But let's talk about your your experience going to the game on Phoenix. Now you said the first time that you saw Amway, you know, as you're driving into Orlando to your airport or to your hotel, rather, uh, you kind of felt that wave of, of relief. But what was the feeling like walking into Amway for the first time? You've been waiting your entire life to be able to go to a Magic game you know, all the way across the world. What was that like for you? Walk me through that. So before I went into the Amway, um, after I got to Orlando, I basically slept for 12 hours because it was <laughs> 62, day, 62 hours of travel for a trip that normally takes about 24 so I was so tired, exhausted. I had barely been able to sleep. And so I slept for 12 hours. And then when I woke up, I got a feed. And then I basically just went for a walk all the way around Amway. So you where know, did you, you go for, of, uh, where did you go to eat? You know, I had to go. You, the six-man show, of course, have made Harry Buffalo a must-see. So um, Back to I had the to scene check of it the out. Crime. I had to check it out. Unfortunately, you know, it wasn't as packed as when you guys right. had the lottery party. But um it was, it was a good meal there. Um, and then, yeah, it's a short walk, as you know, across to the Amway Center from there. Um, so I, I did a full walk around. Um, yeah, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm crazy. Like, you know, in Australia, you can't get Orlando Magic gear easily, right. you know. When you go into the shop, if they've got NBA stuff, it's, it's Lakers, it's Celtics, it's Bulls, you know, some Cavs stuff. So just seeing the big Orlando logo and Horace Grant on the, on the wall and, you know, that kind of stuff was cool. Uh, even even the Geico Garage, you know, it was, it was like, oh, I know this place, you know, it's crazy, you know. Um, and seeing the, you know, the the new training center, so I went for a walk over, walked around, walked around there, um, and you know that that was just, you know, that was something that probably only someone like me would enjoy, you know, someone who had known about this place their whole life and, and never actually had the opportunity to be there, and I was able to just sort of take my time and, and soak that in by myself. When, when we went in the next day, so um, Andrew, as you said, from, from Pax and Pinstripes, you know, I can't thank him enough for his role in, in making this trip happen because, you know, he, he pushed pretty hard to get me to Orlando um, and I'm forever grateful for him and for that. And um, we, we, he basically organised for us to go in early to watch the players warm up. And so, so I didn't go in with the general public and go in through the main foyer and, you know, you see the big picture of Nick Anderson and all that, but we kind of went in early through sort of the back door um, and went through, you know, the back way and, um, yeah, basically got to sit courtside while, you know, Jalen is working on his handle and, you know, the, the guys are out there. Um, you know, I think I didn't think Chuma missed the three-pointer in the warm-up. Like, he was on fire in the warm-up and, he, you know, if you remember the game, he had a really good game locking down Devin Booker defensively. Um, so he was he was pretty dialed in in the warm up. So um, yeah, and that was the first time I noticed Franz had the pad, the um, the padding on his hand, yeah, that hand injury, um, which of course is still lingering now. So yeah, that was just amazing to be able to see those players close up. But I'm not going to lie, as a Magic historian, I was actually more excited about the former players than the current players. Of course, Vince Carter was in the building for his first game at Valley Sports. Um, and Dante Marcatelli, man, like what an absolute a gem. Legend. Yeah. Just People that haven't like, had the opportunity to, to meet Dante, 
he has got to be one of the most generous people with his time out of anyone I've ever met, anybody that I've ever seen in that building. If somebody calls out to him, he stops whatever he's doing and, and will talk to fans and, and take pictures. I love that guy. I'm so happy that you got to connect with him and and all, kind of the whole experience that you got. Mostly, I think it was pregame, right, with the, the former players. Yeah. Tell us more about that. So, I mean, I've had a little bit to do with Dante over the years through Magic Play history, and um, the opportunity to meet him was exciting, you know? Yeah. So I was almost wanted to get his autograph, you know? But I was like, well, is he going to think I'm a bit of a weirdo for that <laughs> or what? Um, no. But so he, 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 like, I had the tagline of this trip. I was every moment matters, trying to make every moment matter as much as it could on this trip. And he was the one who made it matter because, you know, before the game, I mean, I was happy just sitting there watching the players warm up. But once he came over and we got talking, he was like, oh, well, let's just go and meet Nick Anderson. And I was like, almost was like Man. forward instantly because, you know, for those who don't know the story, Nick Anderson is the reason I am an Orlando Magic fan. When I was 10 years old, I opened my first packet of basketball cards. Nick Anderson was the very top card. And I just decided as a 10-year-old that he was the coolest looking guy, him in the uniform. And that was why I decided Orlando was my team. So um, to go and tell him that story, I got to tell yeah. Nick. That's me, that's, you know, that story of why I'm a Magic fan. Um, and, you know, he took a photo with me, signed I signed the, the Nick Anderson card that I brought over, and then he asked to sign my jacket. So I had this 90s starter jacket on that, you know, I hadn't worn for years. Um, it's the old school, you know, black one side, white on the other side, the old Magic logo on the back. And Nick was like, oh, I noticed as soon as you walked in, I said, I, said, that's, I know that jacket, you know. Um, and he asked to sign the jacket. You gotta and, frame um, it now. So, oh, I'm never gonna wear that again, you know. So <laughs> um, but once once he signed the jacket, then you know, it was a mission to try to get the other guys on the jacket. So so Dante took me over to Bo, and Bo was regaling me with his stories about when he's been to Australia and where he's been and all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, he signed the jacket. And I kind of thought that was kind of it, because those are the community guys, and I thought, oh, you know, that everyone else is probably gonna be too busy. But Dante was like, Oh, let's see if we can catch JT before you know, him and David do their, their pregame stuff. And so, um, you know, Jeff Turner, just an absolute legend. Um, yep. And, um, yeah, had a card for him to sign, signed my jacket as well. And then just as we were about to leave, I just, I was like, I've just got to ask Vince. I just got to, you know, I didn't want to bug him, but I was like, I'm never going to have this opportunity again. Right. So, you know, I just said, you know, Vince, you know, would you please be able to sign my jacket? And, um, yeah, he was grateful, great, graceful enough to, um, to sign it for me. So, yeah, um, absolutely amazing to have those guys, um, to just have the experience to, to chat to those guys. Um, and, um, yeah, obviously something that I'll, I'll never forget. So then, obviously, the Magic, big win for the Magic that night. And then you got the opportunity to kind of go into the post-game presser. How did that come about? And then what was that experience like for you? Yeah, so there was all these little sort of extra experiences that sort of were organized between the Orlando Magic um, Andrew with packs and pinstripes and top shots. So just to make this, you know, a great experience for me, you know, coming across, which, you know, obviously I'm just incredibly grateful for. So, um, yeah, the game, of course, couldn't have gone much better. You know, we, we dominated for the most part. And um, we, had the, we had the opportunity to go into the post-game press conference, but only if we left before the end of the game. So as I think it was like we're up by 20 and we had to sort of walk out and I think Bol Bol hit another three-pointer and we're all, you know, celebrating as we're walking out. Um, and um, obviously we weren't able to ask questions or anything. We just kind of sat in the back while 
our good friend Luke from the Six Man Show was up there asking questions to Jamal Mosley. Um, it was T Ross in there and Wendell in there, and um, yeah, got to say Luke asked some pretty good questions. So um, yeah, I mean, I taught him everything I you know. Got, you guys, yeah. you guys have come, a, you guys have come a long way. So thanks. Um, yeah, he's he's a uh, you know a recognized part of the Orlando Magic media now. So that that was cool, and um, yeah, I did catch up with Luke at halftime. So that I met him for the first time at halftime. And um and then um yeah we, we caught up again a little bit at the end um after the after the press conference so yeah no it's um something that yeah just every around every corner there was something else where I didn't expect but just amazing. So it's it sounded like again you know it was so difficult for you to get there but you got to live out a, a once in a lifetime experience you know every Magic fan especially a Magic fan who who's you know followed the team as long as you have. You know, meeting those guys, Nick Anderson, Bo Outlaw, Jeff Turner, David Steele, and then, you know, Vince Carter, you know, Dante Marcatelli. It's just one of my favorite things about like our show, obviously, is like just some of the experiences that we've got to have that fit not for the show, like never would have come about. And seeing other people kind of get to like live like their kind of bucket list experiences, just your whole story. When you first told me about it before, like things were like public just can't help but be so excited for you because I know how much you love this team. I know how long you follow the team and you've, you've kind of referenced a few times that like your people are on the other side of the world, you know, from you and just never being able to go to a game, like finally for that to be able to happen for you. Like I can't express to you how I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Just how happy I am for you, man. I hope, I hope it's, it's not the last time I know, you know, we've had conversations about you eventually coming over with the family and everything. Um, really looking forward to, to the day that we can make that happen. Like I said, just, uh, my current situation, um, I didn't have a vehicle that day, uh, to, to get to, to that Phoenix Suns game. I was really looking forward to meeting you and, and meeting a lot of the other guys from the, the packs and pinstripes community that, that game against the Dallas Mavericks. But, um, Whatever I have to do, the next time that you're in town, we, we definitely gotta definitely gonna make it happen, man. Just as long as there's no tropical storm, you know, like that yeah, was just that's a, just the worst the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it was just like there was there was points during the game where I, I was tearing up. Yeah, you know, because I was just like just to have seen this so many times on TV. You know, just just walking out. Onto the, onto the steps and seeing the court in front of me, you know. This is something I've seen so many times, you know. And when when the guys were playing and once it dawned on me, oh, we're actually going to win this game, you know. Like <laughs> I was like, I can't believe we're going to win this game when I'm here in the building, you know. And, um, you know, as we were walking out and we, we saw the guys go back through the tunnel, you know, cheering them through as they're going back into the locker room. And, yeah, I, I was like tearing up. Um, because I just couldn't believe that, like that that night, you know, as it put put the trip aside and and, and what I went through to get to Orlando, but but that night it, it just couldn't have gone any better. So, super just, super I, special night. So happy for you, man. I mean, again, huge credit to to Andrew who helped make it happen, and uh, to NBA Top Shot because you know NBA Top Shot it, it's a great product, but they don't they don't necessarily have to do things like that, you know. So it says a lot about NBA Top Shot that. You know they that they fought so hard to kind of make this dream come true for you. Um, for anybody that's kind of wondering, you know, about Top Shot or about the Packs and Pinstripes, you know, community, 
you know, what would what would you say to somebody that is kind of thinking about getting into it? Yeah, look, I'm I come from a from a perspective as a collector. Um, so a lot of people got into Topshop with the idea of trying to make money out of Topshop, buying, selling that kind of thing. I just wanted to collect the moments. You know, there's you know, I think we both have the collectible of Cole Anthony's first NBA bucket. Yeah, you still right. got that one. Yeah. Yeah, sure so is. I mean that's just cool. That's just cool to own the highlight of of Cole scoring his first bucket. I've got Jalen Suggs ramming that ball down De- Demar Derozan's throat against the Bulls. <laughs> you know, I've got that moment. I think I've I might got, need to get that one. Yeah. Um, so I've got the the Franz Wagner dunk against Minnesota in his rookie season when we won that game and he dunked on half the Minnesota team. You know, making that into a digital collectible that you can own and keep. So. I would encourage people, if you're interested in Top Shot at all, to come at it from a collector's perspective. Yeah. So there's lots of looking at those moments and something that you want to collect and keep and, you know, a, a sort of a moment in time, you know, something, a snapshot of, of Orlando Magic history. Um, and basically each series, each season, they, you know, they'll release a certain number of moments from the team. And if you collect, so one moment of each player, from any season. So for example, like last season, if you get one, if you collect one moment of each player, that's called a team set. And then once you have a team set, you're able to join that packs and pinstripes community. And, you know, Andrew is one of the team captains. Um, Billy's the other team captain who I was happy to meet as well on this trip. And those guys do an amazing job organizing um, events locally. And they're always giving away tickets to the games. You know, they're, they're regularly organizing um, suites for um, guys to go to the game together. Um, and, um, yeah, lots of giveaways, you know, signed merch and stuff. Um, you know, when, I don't know if you saw, um, they reconfigured um, some courts in downtown yep. Orlando. Top Shot did that and Franz came along there. And so, you know, the collectors had an opportunity to sort of chat and meet Franz and get him to sort of sign stuff and stuff. like. That. So um, it's a it's an awesome little community. Um, so if you if you have any interest, yeah, for sure, um, and you know, myself or even you, um, will be able to answer a few questions if, if people are interested and they want to know more. Well, now I know what I need to do to be part of packs and pin trips. I got to finish a, a, a team set. So I'll be looking to do that. All of the moments that I had, I, I think they, they, you basically lock them like for the entire year. So every moment yeah. that I've had, I have is now locked. So, but I've yeah. got the Cole Anthony, you know, uh, top shot debut, Jalen Suggs, uh, I think Chuma Okiki, Franz Wagner yep. looking forward to Paolo, even though I don't even want to think about how much that's going to cost me. I'm looking forward to getting <laughs> yeah. his uh, his physical autograph rookie card. That's another thing that I've been doing is getting uh, these guys autograph rookie cards. So I, I definitely I did get into it. I can't lie because I knew there was an opportunity to you know flip a quick buck. I got my first rare pack for a hundred bucks yeah. when it was incredibly hard to get a pack, and I flipped a, a Dylan Brooks. Um, like limited gold or whatever metallic limited gold for like a thousand dollars. So yeah, uh, yeah. that was pretty nice. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, now I can buy all the magic moments that I don't have yeah. that I want. So um, awesome yeah. to hear that, Jay. Thanks again for joining the show, man. It's so fun to hear this story. I hope it's the first of many trips for you to the to Orlando to be able to watch the magic. Um, but for your magic player history vlog that's getting ready to come out. Um, just let people know where they can find that and uh, you know, where they can find you on social media. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll be posting the, the video log tonight. So that's going to go up on YouTube. So if you just look for Magic Player History on YouTube, um, I will link it on um, 
Instagram and, and Twitter as well. So if you're not following me on Instagram or Twitter, I think on Instagram we're at uh, like 996 likes or follows. So be good to hit that 1,000 if, uh, if you haven't. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get that 1,000 if we can. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll put it up on YouTube. I'll, I'll post the links everywhere else. And, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys will enjoy the journey. Definitely will. I especially enjoyed the the skit at the very beginning with Tracy McGrady and, and Steph Curry. So make sure you guys go ahead and check that out. As always, Jay, uh, you know you become a, a good friend of ours, a good friend of the show. Obviously, you're in our Patreon community, which means a, a ton. But again, I can't express how happy I am for you that this trip was able to happen for you. Um, I know it was a, a dream come true. Uh, looking forward to, to hearing your stories in the future, man. And thanks again for joining the show, man. Really appreciate it. No worries, anytime. And uh, yeah, look, I hope Luke's feeling better soon. I hope so too. I hope so too. Thanks, Jay. Again, a big thanks to our buddy Jay from Magic Player History joining the show and sharing his entire story and his experience and his trip coming over here again. So excited for him. That was a lot of fun. Kev, this has turned into a thick episode. It is late at night. You and I still have a lot of work to do. I'm going to take this opportunity to sign us off. For Kevin Tucker, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Hey!